Friends, you can be seated. Uh, my name is Jim Entwistle. I am the pastor at Hope Alliance Nazareth. It is good to be worshiping with you this, uh, this afternoon, I guess it is. Uh, I'm going to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is a, a version, a translation of scripture, if you want to call it that, that uh, is near and dear to, to my family. We use it for our children's curriculum uh, at Nazareth, and I want to sort of set the stage for what I want to share with you right now uh, from this story of the nativity here in, uh, it's taken from Luke 1 and 2. It's called, He's Here. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and her, felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. You can see that picture. Look how pleased she looks. Okay. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. 
God had come to live with us. God had come to live with us, to come to make his home with us in our midst, dwelling among us. You know, Christmas is, is a time for, for home, right? We all think about home, going home, heading home. There's no place like home. Country roads take me home. Home is where the heart is. And Christmas is a time for home, is it not? Going home from college, being with family, establishing traditions of a new home, maybe You've got your own place for the first time, or you have a baby, a new baby in the home, or a new marriage, and you're establishing new traditions in your home this Christmas. But this year, like last year, is complicated, (laughs) and for some, impossible to be home. I think there's this innate desire in all of us for home. There's this nostalgia in humanity for home, this longing for home that, that should be a place of, of warmth, of comfort, of shalom, of God's peace, of life-giving company, of, of light as opposed to darkness and evil, a place where all is well and all is, is right. But in our world, as we're experiencing yet again this Christmas, those of you watching online for sure, you are feeling this, in our broken divided COVID world that we are in, we have this, this longing for something that, that's almost hard to, to get to, right? This longing for home. And I think deep down, it's this longing for Eden, this longing to get back to where we came from originally with God's presence on this earth when, when home was perfect in a place of life and light. But if you're part of Hope Alliance, whether Bethlehem or Nazareth, you know that what we talk about regularly as part of the gospel is that the problem isn't really home. The problem's inside of us, right? That we're broken. We have sin inside of us, the scripture calls it. There's this brokenness in the world that, that no matter how we try to eradicate it, we find out it's actually at work in us too, right? That, that home is hard to find because even inside of us is broken. And everywhere we go, we tend to divide it, disease it, break it, Right? And as Matthew points out in his gospel at the beginning, there's that we're in some sort of exile. That Jesus has come to end. That's what we celebrate on Christmas. That Jesus has come to give us a new home. Come to bring us home into the heart of the Father. What we're celebrating today, this Christmas at the end of this series we've been going through called Jesus Brings, is that Jesus brings God. This is the blessing of Christmas that we celebrate when we gather here and we celebrate tomorrow that God has come to make his home with us and that we can have a home with the Father. So our problem, this this brokenness inside of us, this division that we bring everywhere we go, this disease that's at work in us called sin needs a rescuer from outside, needs something to come from outside and to bring us out of it. And what Christmas celebrates is that it's God himself, that God himself comes into our midst to bring us home, to end the exile, Matthew points out. We sang these two songs, right? Uh, Hark the herald angels sing, and there's there's some great lines in there that that point this out. Uh, Hark the herald angels sing, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Like looking upon God, veiled in flesh, hail the incarnate deity, meaning he, he put on skin for us. 
pleased with us in flesh to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. But the first song we sang, Angels from the Realms of Glory, says that God with us is now residing, that God with us is now living in our midst because of Christmas, because of what Jesus has done. But what's interesting is, is despite the fact that we have this great problem of sin and brokenness, God doesn't say, okay, get out of there. He says, I'm coming to you. I'm coming into your midst to give you a new home. And it's with me. Jesus comes to bring God to the earth, to make his home here in your life, in my life, in your heart, in my heart, if we will make room for him to end the exile. He enters into it to give us a new home personally to lead us out of it. So what I, want, I just want to think about that. I want you to think about this with me, about the way that Jesus does this, the way that Jesus brings God. First off, it's, it's incredibly humble, right? It's polite, Eugene Peterson says. The way Jesus brings God into our midst. God humbles himself. And, you know, if you were with us when we went through the book of Numbers, you know that one of the things we talked about is that God comes into the people's midst in a tabernacle, which was a tent. The people are living in tents and God says, okay, I will live in a tent with you in your midst. I think John wants us to understand that when he tells his nativity story years later, that when Jesus comes into our midst, he comes into the midst of in a tent like ours, this physical body that he comes dwelling in this. Look at the humility of that, right? That God would stoop so low to come into our midst dressed just like us, looking just like us with skin and bones. And what John tells us in John chapter one is that Jesus is full life. That everything that happened in creation came from him. This life just emanates from him. And when we're with him, that life becomes the light of men, a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness can't overcome it. But all because he tabernacles among us, puts skin on and dwells in our midst, physically among humanity. What? What humility. In Hebrews chapter one, the, the author tells us that, that if you want to know what God looks like, look at Jesus. He says, you want to know what the glory of God is that John talks about, this glory that they touched, that they saw, that they felt. He says, you want to know what it looks like? Look to Jesus. He says, because in the past, God had spoken to our forefathers through all these prophets. But now in these last days, he's spoken to us in finality through his son, who's the exact radiance of his glory, the imprint of God himself in our midst. So what does God look like? Humble, lowly, polite, kind, coming into our midst, looking like us. Or John, uh, John tells us that Jesus at one point says, if, if you want to know what the father looks like, if you've seen me, you've seen him. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. So we think about Jesus bringing God into the flesh. Think about the humility of that. That's God's glory. That's his power is his humility to bend so low, to put on our skin, to walk in our shoes. He's polite, doesn't force himself on us, just comes in as a baby. Symbol of total humility, grace, politeness. Think about how God could have come into the scene, right? If this was you and you wanted to come in and like shape things up, right? What would you have done? If you had all authority and all power, think about what God does though. 
He doesn't come in with pomp and circumstance. He doesn't come in with, with fireworks. He doesn't come in with weaponry. He doesn't come in with swords. He doesn't come in with, with a parade. He comes in as a baby, quietly, humbly. Friends, this Christmas, God wants to make his home with us. If we will accept him, if we will make room for him in the end of our lives, right? If we will open ourselves up to say, okay, I receive you. I submit to you. He doesn't force himself. He just says, here I am dwelling in your midst. Will we make room for him? There's a passage in, in John 14 where the disciples are asking Jesus He's getting ready to leave the earth and and he's telling them these sort of last instructions. And he says, look, the world's not going to recognize me after I go, but you will recognize me. You will see me. And the disciples, confused as they often are, are like, what do you mean some people won't recognize you, but we will? Like, what the heck are you talking about? What, What does that even mean, Jesus? Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it you're going to reveal yourself to us, but not to the world? Like, what does that look like? Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the father who sent me. They're saying, how are you going to reveal yourself to us, but not to the world? And he says, well, if you receive me, if you accept me, if you love me, We, me and the Father, will come and make our home with you. This is how you will recognize me. This is how you will know me, is I will come into your life and be there in the middle of it with you. Friends, we don't need to escape to another home. God says, let me make my home in you. Let me change you radically from the inside out and come and dwell right in the middle of your life, right in the middle of your circumstances, good or bad. Doesn't come with power, weapons, waving, parades. He comes in as a baby and says, will you love me? Will you submit to me? Will you allow me a place in the room of your heart? And I want to make a room there with the father. See, Jesus left his home to come and give us a new home, right? This is the great exchange that happens through the incarnation, to make, us, to make us a home in our hearts, in the middle of our lives, and in our existence. To end the exile by dwelling with me and you in our real lives, right now. Here in this room, at home, dwelling in our hearts. Something that has been greatly encouraging to me over the last couple months is that Jesus is not aloof to my problems. That Jesus knows my flesh that he knows the struggles that I live with, that he knows what you live with, what you go through day to day, good or bad, struggling or not, sickness or not. He knows it because he's walked it. And this has been greatly encouraging to me as I've dwelled on this and thought more and more about this, the more I've tried to open my heart up to say, okay, God, keep making your home here. You know me, keep making your heart, making your home in my heart, I mean. And so Jesus coming in bodily form in the flesh, in humility, is either going to comfort you, and you're going to find comfort in that, or you're going to reject that and say, "Mm, I want something different than that. I want a flashy, powerful God that waves weapons. I want a flashy God with parades. Or it will comfort you and you say, man, he actually knows me. 
He knows what it means to be humbled. He knows what it means to struggle. There's a, there's a story that uh, John tells us in John 6 that, that Jesus, think about this. Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000. He's just finished walking across the lake on water. The people are blown away by what he's doing. And when he starts teaching them a little bit more, the crowds reject him. Do you know why? Because they said, you look just like a man. You seem too humble. We know your dad. He's Joseph from Nazareth. Who the heck do you think you are? And they reject him because of his meekness, because of his skin, because of his, his humility. See, it doesn't necessarily mean that when we see Jesus, we will accept him, right? You can reject that type of God and say, no way, I don't want that, like these people did. But Peter, having spent time with Jesus, knows the glory of God, knows the humility of God, the power of God. And when Jesus says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have everything that we need. Our home is in you and yours is in us. Like, why, where would I go? See, friends, it's either going to comfort you that Jesus comes in humility or it's going to offend you. Which is it this Christmas? Jesus brings God to earth at Christmas. My hope is that that will be a comfort to you that he knows your circumstances, that he knows your struggle, that he knows your walk like he knows mine. Our God, who is, was homeless, nothing to look at, Isaiah says, not very special, just a little baby, carried in a borrowed womb, born in a borrowed stable, does ministry from a borrowed house, uses a borrowed upper room to serve the Passover meal, is buried in a borrowed tomb. This is our homeless, humble God. <laughs> also, he could give you a home. Also, he could give me a home. Also, he could make a home in our hearts for him and the Father and the Spirit to come and dwell in our midst, to tabernacle in this tent with us. This is what Christmas is all about. This is the God that Jesus brings at Christmas. So again, for me, this is greatly comforting as I walk through this life stumbling along, trying to get it right. That God himself knows what it is to live in this tent. That Jesus puts skin on and knows what it walks, what it looks like and feels like to walk in this life. He's not some far off God that he's near because he's walked it. He brought God right into life with us. This is what it means that he dwells here among us even now. He dwells with us in our loneliness, in our brokenness, in our fears, in our isolation, in our pain, physical, relational, material. He walks with us in our rejection, in our abandonment, in our struggles. Friends, he knows it all because he walked it out. Jesus brings God in humanity into our midst. Let that be a comfort to you today and tomorrow as you celebrate Christmas. He says, I'm right here at home with you. What a blessing that is. I'm right here at home with you in the midst of the struggle, bringing my life, giving you light, giving you comfort, 
in the darkness. This is the beauty of Christmas. Will you make room for him this Christmas? In the inn of your life, in the inn of your heart, will you, will you make room there and say, I submit, I submit humble human Jesus. I, I, I see what you've done. I see what you've offered. I see the humble God that you bring. And I, I say, yes, fine, come in. Or we reject that and say, no, there's no room here. I want a powerful God. I want a flashy God. Will you be comforted by the fact that he's walked in our paths, that he knows what this feels like? I, uh, I wrote a poem last week as I reflected on this. I've never done this before where I've read something of my own, although I guess I do it in a sermon every week, but a poem of mine, I mean, something of a different genre. Uh, but I want to read this, and, and I pray that it encourages you uh, with where you're at right now this Christmas. Uh, I called this, I Show You My Body. I see you who are afraid to go outside because of the risk and show you my body that left the safety of heaven's bliss. I see you unmarried friend with your age that moves with quickening pace and show you my body that withstood the false and offers intimacy in the deepest place. I see you married ones who still feel the twinge of loneliness and abandonment and show you my body with its fresh scars from a bride who turned and went. I see you truck driver, trash taker, and sweeper of streets and show you my body that swept the shop floor and washed men's feet. I see you administrator and VP of sales with your increasing stress as the stock goes down and show you my body with its pierced side and thorny mock crown. I see you strong woman of color, refugee and majority's other and show you my body that fled to Egypt, hid in Nazareth and was killed in front of my mother. I see you fathers, mothers, and guardians in the rebellions you tolerate and show you my body and its bruises from the devil's cruel hate. I see you politically middle citizens and, the powerless, and your powerless feelings and show you my body and hands that hold neither Caesar's image or priest's greedy dealings. I see you young ones, you teens, you Gen Zs, and your leadership potential, and show you my body and its submission to not two, but three parentals. I see you wealthy and privileged with your keys to bigger barns, and I show you my body and the keys that open heaven, but be warned. I see you working poor, Medicaid dependent, and your fear for tomorrow, and I show you my body with its struggles from manger to hunger to homeless to borrowed I see you addicted in the houses of habits you can't help but visit. And I show you my body with its 33 years of sin resisted. I see every one of you whose body is crumbling, old age, Omicron, or some other force. And I show you my body that was toppled and rebuilt as a promise for yours. I see all of you wandering in the mystery of the long journey home. And I show you my body silently begotten in a womb. I show you my body that was swaddled in a manger and my body that touched a leprous stranger. I show you my body that was spirit led in the desert and my body that sprinted across the water. I show you my body that shined on the mountain and my body that spoke of another fountain. I show you my body that was struck in the courts and my body that was stood up at the cross. Then I show you my body that slept in the tomb, but stands now forever in resurrection.
I see all of you and I show you my body born on Christmas day. I show all of you light and life, the fullness of God on display. Friends, our comfort this Christmas is that Jesus has brought God into our midst. He knows what this journey is like and he dwells with us now and makes a home in the middle of our lives when we open up to him and say, yes, I submit. Come in, humble Jesus. Come into my life. Would you pray with me?